this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt. We are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I love love. It's a wonderful thing. And it's sad The Simpsons have to constantly ruin it. I don't love love anymore. Well, not after this no, episode. Not after this episode, ruined it. I don't love love anymore. I hate love. All of, all of it. Every kind. There's not yep, a single kind love. We are anti-love now. Anti-love. That's the anti-love podcast. It's The Simpsons' fault. It's Matt Groening's fault. I'm blaming Matt Groening. Uh, hello. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Uh, for $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus podcasts. For $5 a month, gain access to all of our bonus podcasts. Plus, our entire back catalog that's fallen off the main feed. Plus... These episodes early and uncut. Um, in this particular episode, Matt, I just rant. Robbie rant about my jelly beans habit. Matt has an entire bag of jelly beans. You cannot. I have what's left of an entire bag of jelly beans. I mean, Matt, anytime you tell me you have jelly beans, that's what I assume. I don't assume you have a full bag. I assume that you. Oh, okay, good. Going into it like a little groundhog. Mm. But it's never been a better time to support the show. On patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. That's true. You can support my Skittles jelly bean habit, because I really need to go back to the Starburst, but Skittles are good, too. I cannot with this. This week's episode <laughs> is Love Springfieldian style. Episode KBFO5, originally aired February 17th, 2007, written by Don Payne, directed by Raymond S. Percy. I, I wrote Payment S. Percy, but that's probably me just like, <laughs> they just doing this for the money at this point. Uh, writing... Uh, 4.4 with 7.8 million viewers. The couch gag. Each family member rushes into the living room and attaches themselves to a giant size baby mobile. Not that great for a couch gag. It's kind of nope. Kind of. Well, I mean, it goes along with this episode, really. Yeah, I guess that's fair. It's kind of bleh. Um, yeah, this uh, this episode not very good. Uh, <laughs> that's me being kind. Not very good. Um, it is a it is a uh, anthology and Trias Var style three ep- three little short uh, style episode, and they are th- all themed about couples. Not really, yes, because, not really yeah. love, but couples. Um, <laughs> there is actually very little love in any the, of almost none. There's some codependency. Yeah, there's really no love at all in the, any of these stories. Uh, but we get a little montage. This is a Valentine's Day episode. Comes out, it aired a few days after Valentine's Day, um, and that is the early going of the, of the calling it a frame narrative is generous. This is a oh god, this is filler from beginning to end. Um, but we get a montage of all the Springfieldians uh, couples, all of them doing loving things, romance, going on dates and, and outings. We have a, a L-O-V-E by Nat King Cole playing over all of this. Uh, then we cut to the family, and uh, Marge is excited. They're in the car, uh, the whole family. Marge is excited because she's ready for her Valentine's Day surprise, and it is revealed that it is that Homer has taken them to a carnival. And Marge is a little bit confused, maybe a little bit annoyed by this, but then Homer's like, well, it gets us, a, it gets us some time by ourselves. The kids run off to go do carnival things, and Homer and Marge are alone. And you might say, hey, Robbie, Homer could just hire a babysitter and they could go on a date somewhere. And I'd be, yes, that's very true. But then this episode couldn't exist. Uh, that sounds so, like a better society, a better universe. Can I live in that universe? No. Sorry. Oh, Sorry, Matt. If, if I could just d- define the terms of uh, existence, the world oh, would be a man. very different place. Um, 
so Homer March, they go to the Tunnel of Love. Um, which I don't know, it's filled but it's filled with scary monsters that jump out. Is that what's what is this? It feels like a Halloween tunnel that was repurposed into a tunnel of love. Okay, but there's okay, Matt. I we we but there's no setup for that. Like they just No, Robbie. Like usual, you have to you get out of this episode what you put into it. So if you put in thought to this episode, you'll get thought out. But if you don't, you're just left in a oh. weird state of miasma and confusion. So I'm supposed like, to write know, the episode for them? Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, like, yeah, if the joke was, oh, this is an old Halloween ride that they've repurposed, you would say, you would think that the camera would linger on a sign that has been hastily reconstructed. It probably say it would say haunted house or something on it, but in front of it, but instead of haunted, it would be crossed out and say love. And they would, and then the, the both Homer and Marge would comment on it. And then they would talk to like a, a carny at the, like the, 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 the squeaky voice teen would be at the, at the booth. And they'd be like, is this a, why does this say that? And he's like, no, no, no. It's, and he would make a, and then, then you would get there on the ride and then a, a witch would jump out and then be like, Oh, that's a funny, little joke there okay i don't intend to break down all the failure failures of this episode one by one like i just did oh my god we'd be here all night we it'd be a five hour long podcast but is i just want to make that example this is just everything there are no they don't really make a joke they just kind of a like kind of allude to jokes they're like kind of suggest that there could be a joke it's not really a joke um, but they're on the ton of love they're making out a little bit um they're having some fun with all the little things that jump out of them um, but then we get a prank. A uh, good old Bart Simpson. Good, and honestly, this is a good Bart Simpson prank. It is because it's not that destructive. Uh, I mean, it is a little bit, but you know, I mean, it's, it, uh, it would know. probably totally destroy uh, that ride for a while. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jello okay, yeah, but it is doesn't not hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt anyone. <laughs> that's very true. Prop, it's for property damage. But regardless, it's it freezes the ride, which. What is the re- whatever? I'm not going to ask resistant levels of Jello. Who cares? Um, Homer and Marge are stuck, stuck on the tunnel of love, uh, and we get a gag with a witch that keeps popping out right next to him until Homer punches it. But then we segue into what will be the episode, effectively, which are Matt. You've put this in a note. Mar- Homer tells Marge the greatest love stories of all time. Is that what he says? Yeah. He says that. I I believe that is what he says. Um. And yeah, he's wrong. No, I'm going to say this is the one thing I do want to talk about just very briefly, because it is the most frustrating thing to me about this and something that I think would make all of this whole episode as a whole. It would elevate everything. It would sp- it would spread out and I think help the whole episode where this would have a point where you have an idea for all of these episodes, all these little the mini stories for all of them to end in a similar fashion and to make a greater point than Homer is saying. And even if it ends up going the opposite direction of what Homer is saying, that is also something. But there is no point to any of these. They don't lead... All three of them end in different ways. They don't make any sense together or apart. And so I, you're just left confused. And it's just, a, it's, it's just an onslaught of things happening. Well, yeah, and, and especially these these particular stories that they show are just, oh, they're incredibly dumb. Just so, so dumb. Very stupid. 
Uh, our first is Bonnie and Clyde. You know Bonnie and Clyde. Matt. Everyone knows Bonnie and Clyde. A- everyone love. Everyone loves Bonnie and Clyde, right? Uh huh. I don't. I don't really love Bonnie and Clyde. I don't really find the, no. the story that fascinating. But um, that it's our first one, and we see we meet Marge. Marge is Bonnie. Homer is Clyde, and we get uh basically Homer. Homer tells this one, and we get a little intro into uh, the story. They were the Bonnie and Clyde of their day. Their names were Bonnie and Clyde. Miss Bonnie, might I escort you to the picture show? I swear I won't misbehave. Then no thank you. This is Texas, future home of Akima Lajuan, and I've got dreams as big as he will be. I want action. Action, eh? (laughs) Clyde Barrow, local bad boy. Bonnie Parker. Say, if you're so bad, you could go stick up that feed store over yonder. Hmm. Unless you're chicken. No one calls me chicken without goading me into doing something stupid. You witches! You could have had anything you want for free! You're a co-owner! Yeah, Homer steals from a store that he co-owns because it because Bonnie wants him to. Um, Marge, Bonnie slash Marge wants excitement. Um, and she gets it from Homer committing violence. Um, and that is literally all the motivation for these two. That is all we get. It is Bonnie. Yep. Once gets horny for with violence, basically. And Homer slash Clyde. That's all he cares about is to do that. Um, there's nothing about there's no there like that's it and like it's just that's the one note they hit over and over and over again um that is basically the the joke for the rest of this little bit um is that marge marge less bonnie likes violence and homer slash clyde just will do it because that means he can have sex uh they rob lots of places we get a montage here of them shooting tommy guns a lot Hey, Matt, you like Tommy guns? Do you, you think the idea of Tommy oh, guns? Oh, God. You think the, I, not, um, the, no. the idea of Tommy guns, they're hilarious, right? Just the idea of them. Like, you picture a Tommy gun in your head, and you just start laughing. Yeah, I do, because it's like, oh, you can shoot a lot of bullets really fast. Bullets, that don't actually hurt people. That's not definitely not true with the real-life Tommy gun. They're incredibly that dangerous. They will murder you real fast. Uh, High-caliber bullets. Um they rob a lot of places. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of detail in this because, frankly, they don't give you. They don't give us much. Any of these really don't have much story. They are just don't have enough time. Um, this one in particular is very short. Uh, so they eventually... Yeah, nothing happens. It's like, yeah, it just, they, we establish who, Mar- that Marge and Homer are Bonnie and Clyde, that they rob places, and then they get killed. Yeah, because we get Flanders as the the dumb accomplice, the unwitting, stupid accomplice, uh, and then we get the, I guess, a newsreel footage to try and give us a montage of, of and a kind of a little flash forward, a little, a little jump to the, the, to the, to the present, give us a little time jump so that we can see why everyone loves Bonnie and Clyde. Dateline, Texas, a nation crippled by unemployment and bored by Seabiscuit embraces two unlikely folk heroes. Bonnie and Clyde souvenirs are flying off the shelves, and the Dust Bowl duo has inspired their own radio show. Ah, Bonnie, where did you put the money we stole? 
I filed it under G. Under G? Why would you file it under G? Because, gee, it's swell to have all that money. I see. Their notoriety has reached the highest levels of government. To deal with the menace of Bonnie and Clyde, I am recalling all our air defense forces from Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Somebody please remind me to move them back. I would be honored to perform that duty. They're outlaws? I've been played like a pair of spoons. Well, who am I to judge? It's the Depression. Money's tight. Anyone who sees this unmarried couple should... Unmarried? That's it. I'm turning them in. Hey, keep it down, will you? The part where all my men get killed is coming up. Listen, Sheriff, I can help you take down Bonnie and Clyde. <sighs> After the racially insensitive cartoon. Thank you for not making us sit through the racially no, insensitive I, cartoon. That, I, I, it is literally what my next point. Okay, so one, this newsreel footage is the pits. Uh, it is Oof, it's real bad. so boring and so dull. Yeah, like the jokes are racist. Oh, very, very racist. Uh, and and it's just the jo- like there's like you heard that those are the jokes of this episode, like, guys. That's what this is. It's like the jokes are about like art, like thirties radio dramas, boring. And you're like, what is this? What's this? That's a joke we're making. Uh, and then, but then, like they have this joke where Wiggum says, uh, "Oh wait, I need to watch this racially racially insensitive cartoon first. And one, okay, Matt, I'm like, are they, they have to know, right? They, have to know that they making j- a racially insensitive cartoon is also racially insensitive? Well, that, yes, that is, yes, that is true. That's, because we, then, we, you have to, you sit through all uh, uh, 30 seconds of a, a, a racist cartoon. And then Wiggum comments about how racist it is. But then, but. They just had a racist joke in their own episode. They just did that Japanese bit, like with a stereotype. Like that's well, that wasn't racist enough. They had they had to have something that's even more racist for you know Wiggum to comment on. Boy, okay, I'm just like it's just like you are you perfect? Are you doing like it's the point, Matt? Where like they have to do it. no, right? They have to know like this is on purpose, right? Like they're not doing this isn't an accident where they have this racist Japanese joke. And oh, then Oh Robbie, you sweet summer child. <laughs> Flanders I wants mean... to turn them in because they're unmarried. Not because they're robbing all these people, it's because they're not married and they're having uh sex out of wedlock, I guess. Um and then we get to the end where Bonnie and Clyde die. Bonnie, I love you. Will you marry me? I guess I'm just looking for a little more excitement. Okay, but if you change your mind, you know where I'm at. I think we should see other people. Say, officer, I like how you handle that gun. Thanks. I like the way you take bullet. <laughs> hey, back off. She's my girl. Darn, just my luck. This episode is full of incredibly dumb jokes, but this is by far the worst one. This entire time... They're getting shot by Tommy guns, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, use forty-five caliber slugs. One of those is very destructive. It would I, I just... rip you apart. <laughs> You'd be oh, destroyed. My God, this is dumb. It's there, and there's no blood even. Like, there's not even like a fun gore. Like sometimes trios of horrors, even if they're not great, there's some fun gore in them because they let they let it happen for some reason in those episodes. And this one, they're getting shot. There's no blood. And it's just like, well, Bonnie and Clyde is a very, like, that's the, part of the charm of that is, like, the the, the explicit violence and, like, the, the the pulp action. 
and no one gets shot until this, and there's no blood, and they just keep talking and this most insipid, insipid dialogue, and I hate it. Uh, that's the, the, uh, this is so stupid. We go to commercial seven minutes and three seconds, and when we come back, uh, Homer is still going through this uh, th- this, this horrible story and just going. Eh. And Marge wants to know if the story is over. It is not. Homer has to go eh. again for a while, but then. Thankfully, Bart and Lisa show up. Uh, and so now Marge has to tell the story of Shady and the Vamp, which is a more kid-friendly, quote-unquote, love story. Which, uh, Shady and the Vamp? Really? Really? I, okay. <sighs> I don't know where this comes from. I don't... I mean, they... Did they have to... Did they have to rhyme with Lady and the Tramp? Like, was that a mandate? Like, no, we can obviously we can't do one if it doesn't rhyme. So we make it Shady the dog and Vamp the dog. Like, okay. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, so in this story, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you have more about Shady and the Vamp? No, Matt. I was just gonna say this. Ideally, these stories. I, I'll come back to the, the moment I, I think I started this with is you would have an overarching theme that connects all these three stories that makes sense from why we go from Ideally. one to the next one to the next one. Okay. And it gives the whole episode a little bit of a, a more structure and makes it better. It just, uh, just, I can't, it, it helps give it like connective tissue when all these three stories are like, it's not a problem that this is a filler episode. That's not a problem. The problem is that it's very easily – you can quite easily tell it's a filler episode. The reason that you would do these is because it's easier to write three little stories than one big one. But then you have like a very – you have a premise about why these three stories exist in the same episode and you connect the dots. Why does these Marge – feel like they were written for other episodes. Why does Marge – like if like if Homer was trying to make a point with Bonnie and Clyde, and then Marge brought up this story to debate him effectively to try and counteract whatever that point was and tell the different story about another love story. But it's just she's just like, oh, here's another one. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks, thanks, Marge. I'll say this, Matt. I'll give this. The only thing I can say really kindly about this one uh, is the design looks really good. I, I, they do a good job at animating. It is true. It is, it is good aping of Disney style. Yes. I, I like how all the, they all look like all the dogs look like Simpsons dog characters. That's nice. Uh, otherwise this is a piece of garbage. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to try and get through the story of this really quickly. There's uh, not, there's nothing in it. There's literally nothing. It's just so there's like three things that happen. I know. I know. Exactly. So, Homer is a stray. He is the tramp slash, I guess, vamp. Maybe he's shady. No, I don't know. he's shady. He's shady. Okay. See, they invert Marge that. They, they invert dog. that, which doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Nope. So, uh, you know, Homer walks by where Marge is hanging out one day, invites her to dinner, uh, kind of like in the movie. She's like, ooh, he's, he's uh, a street dog. I'm into that. And so they go to Luigi's, uh, where he apparently runs his entire business uh, – <laughs> giving food to dogs because we find out at the end there's a whole bunch of animals and the health inspector comes by and shuts him down. So there's, there's that. Uh, we also get the famous lady in the tramp uh, spaghetti scene uh, where they're both munching on the same, you know, piece of spaghetti and they both, you know, inhale it. Homer then uh, inhales Marge's entire head and demands she let go of the spaghetti. 
because ha 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 that's so hilarious that's how awful he is um Anyway, uh, they go uh, uh, the rest of the night after they get kicked out of their restaurant. Uh, they go have dog sex. Uh, the next morning, they wake up and Marge already has morning sickness. That's how quick it is for dogs. The next morning, and, and Homer is out of there. He's he's gone. Just go out forever. He's he he disappears. Uh, cut to several weeks later, Homer is still gone. Uh, but he meanwhile, uh, Marge is very pregnant. Uh, you've got the Patty and Selma, you know, Siamese cats, uh, who are telling her that, he, that he's gone forever. Homer is lamenting the fact that he wants to be with Marge. That's it. There's nothing <laughs> stopping him from being with her. He just doesn't because, you know, reasons and stuff. He does just doesn't. <laughs> he just doesn't. Just doesn't. And hey, Robbie, Robbie, you want to know the worst part of this episode? Um, that's a lot of, that's tough competition to be fair. Oh. All right. Well, I'm going to play you the worst part of this episode. Hang tight. <laughs> Any minute now, he'll scamper through that doggy door. Any minute now, I'll be the dog she's looking for. Any minute now, he'll be stuck with a broom. Any minute now, this pooch will know she's screwed. My heart tells me to trust him. I want to do the right thing. Come on, with all this high-class tailoring. Any minute now, our girl will make a brand new start. Yes. Any minute now, I won't care that he broke my heart. Any All right, have you sat with that long enough? That incredibly stupid song, Matt. Why did you make me listen to that again? <laughs> I hate it. It's terrible. Because I want our listeners it's to understand a... how what, dumb that is. What? What is this community? One, the song is terrible. It's not. It's it's really clunky. It's like think about the best songs of The Simpsons. How catchy they are, and for days yeah. on end after you listen to them, you'll be singing them in your head. Well, it seems like the backbeat and like the uh, the the harmonies are from another good, much better song, and but the melody and the singing are just clunky and don't seem to go with it. Like it sounds like it could be from a Disney, like the, the background beat and and you know the accompaniment seems like it could be from a good song. But for some reason, when they start to sing, I'm just like, no, no, this is bad. Stop singing, please. But it's like the song itself is is not good. But also, what is the song telling us? Like, do I have to explain to the Simpsons what a mu- what songs and musicals do? Like, I apparently, like, like they're not just yeah, they're they're supposed to be good songs. They're like supposed to be. They sound either beautiful or sad, or you evoke the emotion you're you're going for. But also. They're supposed to give us story and character. Like, they're supposed to give us reasons why someone's doing this or show a change through in the plot or a change in a character. And what is this about? Like, why? We don't even know why Homer hasn't gone back to Marge. There, there is no, there is no reasons any of this is happening. It's just happening. There's just, we don't get motivation. It's just, <laughs> this, <laughs> I don't. What's happening? What's going on? Why? 
well, you see, Robbie, they need to fill some time. Uh, and they were like, I, hey, we've got I, well, this wonderful. Well, and also, I don't care about these dogs. No, because they're going to be gone in two minutes and they're barely characters as and, is. Yeah, they're like, they're not. I, that's the thing. I don't care because they're not characters. Like, And I also meant, I went back. When was the last time you watched Lady and the Tramp? Uh, when I was a kid. I went back and refreshed myself on Lady and the Tramp. I didn't watch the film, but I did kind of like, I, I uh, read through plot mm-hmm. synopsis and tried to, like, it sounds like nonsense. It does, I don't remember, I don't know. It, I, I think in the, like, 50s and 60s, like, Disney movies just had a very low bar, like, to be good. Yeah. And, like, yeah. it's just like, look at this, it's pretty, and this dog, these dogs are cute together. I'm like, well, I don't really want to watch a dog romance. I don't really want to watch that. I think I've decided. Nope. I will say this, Matt. I will That's say this. Fair. I like the Bart and Lisa's puppies. They're 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 not they're cute. I, I, well, yeah, that's true. But they're I cute. Mean, it, it's puppies, you know. Yeah, they're exactly. Cute. They're puppies, unless they're peeing or pooping. But you know, other than that, oh, yeah, March has puppies. puppies. March has puppies. Yeah, March has puppies uh, because she was pregnant. She has the Bart and Lisa puppies. Uh, Marge is heartbroken that Homer still hasn't come back. Bart and Lisa go to find Homer, but they're puppies so they pretty immediately get captured by willie uh the uh, dog catcher who is basically going to kill them uh, there's a joke about he how he's going to give them a nice meal and then kill them or something along those lines it's t- it's dumb uh and then uh, so bart and lisa are at the pound mm-hmm. willie is walking by with goofy you know disney's goofy who is talking to him in english and then proceeds to put him in the gas chamber why is this here robbie why I I don't really know, man. I have no idea. I literally wrote, "What is the point of all this? Like, why? Are, uh-huh. Like, I'm like, is this supposed to connect back to Lady and the Tramp's plot? Because yeah, they go to the pound in the in in the movie. But why? Like the the otherwise, this plot is not even close to the Lady and the Tramp plot. They're not similar at all. Um, nope. there's they're not the the whole point of Lady and the Tramp is that the Tramp is good hearted, but the hui twee rich people basically make sure he gets like kicked out and, and, and effectively sent to the pound eventually. And then he escapes. Um, and like, I can like, those are the levels of lady in the trap where I can appreciate it. Cause it's like, Oh, it's like a class analogy. That's interesting. But this is just like, Oh, they're looking for their deadbeat dad. So they, and they get it taken by Willie who murders goofy. I th- and and to be fair, he comes out and he's fine, Matt, because like I don't know why, but uh, I think they just want to make a Disney joke, which is really ironic now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh wow, funny how uh, that that doesn't uh, apply anymore. So, uh, uh, so uh, Willie gas is goofy. Uh, Homer sneaks in inside a, a bag of food, uh, kills Willie, just you know destroys him. Um, so and then Homer takes the Bart and Lisa puppies home. Uh, now he wants to stay. He wants to stay and be a dad. Finally, what changed his mind? I don't know. We don't know. No one knows. No one cares. Uh, but then Homer finds out there are nine more puppies because apparently Marge somehow broke the laws of physics having these puppies, and there are, there are you know eleven of them. And he reconsiders, and that's that's the end of the act. We go to a commercial. Yeah, they, he, Homer doesn't really. Re- he has a moment of doubt, and that's what we end on. But it's not. There's but like the Homer the dog, shady. He doesn't have a character. There's nothing nope. here. It's just he does. A th- he has actions, but there's no reason for them. You have to have motivation. He doesn't. It's not like, oh, I'm going to. Oh, I really I find uh, this other lady dog really sexy. I want to have sex with her. So I'll, I'll lie to do it. 
And then as soon as I learn that she has, she's going to have puppies, I'm going to run away. And, and I feel guilty about it. Like that is what you assume the plot is, but they don't say any of that. There are no scenes where Homer and Mo talk about it. Like Mo, there's a Mo dog, Homer and Mo. There could be a scene, a 30 second scene where we're more, more Mo and Homer. There's not jokes about Mo chasing his tail or, you know, there's not like it cut out the song altogether, honestly. Yeah. It could just be a scene where they go, where Homer goes like, ah, I feel bad. I should go be a dad to the dogs, even though here's my other question, man. And I don't, I know they don't expect me to think like this, but they're dogs. Like dogs don't care. Dogs don't <laughs> no, have dogs dads. Don't care. But again, these, these, they're only dogs because it would be weird to have kids watch this if they were people. Okay, I just, I just, I can't, I, there's just layers of nonsense, I don't know what to do. Okay, we come back from commercial at 14 minutes and 48 seconds. I think this is my favorite of the three. It's definitely my favorite, because it's the least bad. It's not good, still, there's lots of things yeah. I don't like in it, but there are a few things I do like, I guess. Um, Bart and Lisa are here now, Matt. They're at, in the love, the, the tunnel of love at Marge and Homer's little, uh, what do you call it? Like a the bench, swan boat thing. Yeah, a little bench, whatever they're riding. Um, they're in there, and you'd be like, "Well, see, this is the thing. You go from A to B to C, and again, you would connect all three of these stories and have a reason that we're transitioning from this one to this one to this one." No, Bart just shows up and he's going to tell a new one. It's called, and it's Sid and Nancy. Um, real, you know what? Not a better story on earth to be told for Valentine's Day than Sid uh, definitely not, and no. Nancy, these two degenerate nutcases who killed each other, basically. You know what? This story of tragic drug addiction. We should make that our our, our segment on The Simpsons. This is not I like, do they know who these characters <laughs> are? Do these people were? Like, yeah, there was the movie in the eighties, but okay. Sid and Nancy. Uh, Nancy is played by Lisa. Sid is Nelson. Uh, but we start off with and and like this is just they just use the they don't try and disguise this and like try and dress it up. These are the Sex Pistols. This is Sid Vicious. This is Johnny Rotten. Uh, they just give them their actual names, which I do appreciate at a, to a certain extent. Um, so Nancy Lisa is a straight laced. A young woman who's on a date with Millhouse, and then she discovers punk music. Nancy, what are the odds? You sign up for a semester at U of London, then I immediately do the same. Yeah, I'm really lucky you saved me from meeting other people and having new experiences. What is that raw, primal sound? You can't go in there. Our guidebook says not to. I mean, they really do nail Millhouse's character. <laughs> This is not, they, they, and this is like, these are not, this is, again, makes no attempt to portray either Sid or Nancy as even close to even the movie versions of them. They're, they're still not, they're, they're just completely fictional. Um, but Lisa walks into this club and is entranced by Sid slash Nelson um, and immediately, and loves the punk music, is entranced by this crazy raw uh, performance. And uh, she, <laughs> she, oh my God, man. Um, she, she is asked by Otto, British Otto, if she would like some chocolate. 
She has, he has a bunch of, he opens up his trench coat and there's a bunch of candy. In chocolate, Robbie. You have yeah. to say chocolate. Yeah. Okay, guys, here. I, so, like, you know what have you said about how Tommy guns are funny? Like, that's the joke of the whole first act, effectively, is, like, the idea of Tommy guns being fired is funny. The joke of the third act is that the idea of chocolate is heroin. That's the joke. Because literally, like, it's the only thing that they treat as, like, a gag. It just is just, but it's just, there's so many times where it's just, like, get it? Chocolate's drugs. Oh, I get it. I wouldn't know. Oh, that makes more sense now. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's not a joke, really. Like, one time I'd be like, okay, that's, that's cute. But when you do it. A dozen times at least. You're just like, oh, this is... You're just running this into the ground. Um, she takes some of Otto's chocolate. Millhouse gets arrested by Wiggum and undercover Otto. Um, Lisa and Nelson have chocolate together. Um, sort of. Uh, here, th- I titled this clip, Matt. Get it? Chocolate is heroin. Look, an American nerd bird. Nerd bird? Would a nerd bird have chocolate, huh? Would a nerd bird? Stop saying nerd bird. Chocolate is boring. Maybe I'll have a piece. You know, just to see how boring it is. Oh, you're offering me some? Um, I guess I could. I mean, I do it all the time. Yep, it's boring, all right. How much more you got? Lot! Apparently Nancy is uh, quite the uh, rich person to have that much chocolate. It doesn't... None of this matters, man. This is all, like, cue drug montage. Uh, and, then, and, like, here, this is when you're just hammered over the head with chocolate is heroin. Isn't that... Look, look at this joke we made. And, the, like, they flush chocolate down the toilet because the cops are there. Like, it's just... And, like, oh, they, they're starting to go with withdrawals. They're, like, shivering. And you're, like... I, I just keep... Tell me jokes, guys. Like, can I get a joke? Actual jokes. This is not a joke. None of this is... A, none of this is funny. The only thing I even smiled about even a little bit in this in this whole episode, Matt, was... Uh, Bonnie mentioning Akeem Akeem Olajuwon because I I yeah. I'm fond I'm fond of Akeem. Uh, he was one of my favorite players when I was a child. Um, I I like the designs of the Sex Pistols. You know, seeing the Simpsons characters as the Sex Pistols. This that's this, true. That's true. That, also, I feel like uh, Nancy Cartwright is a really good British Bart. Yeah, uh, like Bart is kind of an afterthought in this um, because yeah. it's the, the focus is on Sid and Nancy, but. Um, there's a, a couple good punk songs, like legitimately real punk songs. Like uh, uh, we get to hear uh, "Neat Neat Neat" by the Damned for a few seconds, and we get uh, "Have You Ever Fallen in Love" by the B- Buzzcocks, which is a great song, one of my favorite songs. You get to hear that in, during the montage. This is the one time where I'll applaud them using licensed music because at least it's appropriate. You know, this that's it makes sense at least in this chain in this in this example. Um, but there's not really any time to do anything with all this. Basically, they are drug addicts. Sid, uh, uh, gets to a point where he is too high on chocolate, uh, shows up to play and ruins the concert. You gobbed up our gig, you git. 
You leave Sid alone. He doesn't need you. He's quitting the band. I'm doing what now? You're quitting the band. He's going solo, and I'm going to write his songs. Yeah. Hey, you guys want to be in my new band? Ugh, just stop talking and bang your head against the wall. <clears throat> I'm doing this because I want to, not because you told me to. Bang harder. Yes, pet. <clears throat> Cause love is the elixir The potion of emotion The world saving fixer The lotion of devotion This song doesn't make me feel angry at all. If anything, it makes my anger amp. Your music violates everything punk stands for, which is nothing. You are no longer welcome at CBGB's Comic Book Guys Bar. Oh, forget those jerks. Let's go back to the hotel and get snicker-faced. Ah, uh, I love you, my Hershey hero. And I love you, Tootsie Roll. I think they went with this whole metaphor just so they could make jokes like that. Um, yeah, that's... The... And then we get a brief moment where it shows... The camera pans up after that clip. The camera pans up to show Homer in a fire escape dumping out a trash can and talks says something about valentine's day and love and that's the end of the episode okay okay i hope that's, you're not waiting on me rob no, I, I got nothing i don't like, like the, i mean like it, it's again there's just no ending what ha- what about the tunnel of love was it the point of all of this and i will not even begin to ask like does they have this weird ending where they become a teeny bopper group and get kicked out of cbgd's and what is the point of this? What is the point of making this a Sid and Nancy story? Do they know, like, Sid and Nancy is a kind of a, 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 again, a filthy, violent story about two damaged people who, in a, well, Sid probably killed Nancy and then died uh, himself. Like, why? <laughs> why do they have this weird saccharine ending? I don't really uh, want them. Fantastic question. I really don't want them to do the real life story because it's awful. But why adopt this at all as your third story? Bart tell. Why is Bart telling this story? Does Bart know about Sid Vicious? He's ten. Bart knows about all kinds of things he probably shouldn't. Let's be real. Okay, it, but but why is he telling this story? That's my other like. And why would he get the story wrong? If anything, Bart would be really focused on the bloody and the bloody awful death. Uh, of Nancy, and then the subsequent overdose of Sid. Like we don't, but there's just there's no reason for any of this happening. It's just it's just it's just filler. It is just them. This is just hey, we ha- like someone writing the plot of an episode on a paper napkin and handing it to an animator. Hey, make this better. Hey, there's no we don't have a plot for this, and we don't we're not writing it like these montages. Matt, there and there, which of which there are, there's two, uh, one in the first act and one in the third. I don't think those are written. I think someone it, it was written in the script. It says chocolate as drugs montage, and the director or and the animators had to make it up. Like I don't. This is like the most bare bones story, most bare bones skeleton structure. Uh, it's embarrassing. Uh, there's no ending. We don't go back to the frame narrative. There's no point to any of this. Like this is pathetic. I don't know. It's bore. Also, boring. Well, like you said, it's it's a filler episode more than anything. And I, there's plenty of filler episodes in the golden years of The Simpsons. 
in at least in like in in uh, in television terms, you're making twenty plus episodes of a of a television show in a season. Not all of them you're going to be able to put the same amount of effort towards, but you filler episodes you hide you hide the fact that it's a filler episode. You you rub off the serial numbers. You do your dang best to make it feel like a real episode, even if it is pieced together from a lot of different other things. But they didn't do that. There's just nothing here. Um, we'll rank it at the end of the show. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Robbie, is this episode incredibly stupidly broken? Yes. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Uh-huh. I just don't know if we can fix it. Uh, there's, uh, yeah. Ugh. If you're telling there's, me, there's nothing to fix. If you're going to tell me, like, okay, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of degrees. Like, when I say fix an episode. I I hold us to the standard of like, well, we take the bones of the episode and we construct something new out of those those bones. We make something new and to make it better, make it make sense. And I, to me, like, you, how, what, to what degree do we want to do that? Like, if you're telling me we have to make sense out of three stories, three love stories, and the three love stories we have to do that with are Bonnie and Clyde, Sid and Nancy, and the Lady and the Tramp, or Shady and the Vamp, that's impossible. There's not, there's not a, like, unless the whole point, like, unless you want to go full on irony, if you want to go on full on love is dead, love is doomed, love is bad, and have in, like, you start off with the most innocent one with Shady and the Vamp, but you spin it so it's dark, and Homer abandons, Homer's killed by Willie, the, the dog catcher, leaving Marge alone with the puppies, and then you go darker with Bonnie and Clyde, and then you have the darkest with Sid and Nancy. Oh boy, that, at least that's something. Yeah, that, that's the best I could do. But I don't want that. You know, like I don't want to see that episode. I don't. That's awful. I don't like. I don't understand why they did the Sid and Nancy thing, even despite the fact that I enjoyed it the most. But it's like the the ending of like Sid and Nancy are like a happy couple doing a TB op, teeny bopper after the other. You're like, okay, I don't know what this is. Um, I mean. Sid did quit the band, but that's because the band was dysfunctional, and it's there were four nutcases who made four <laughs> nutcases. One of whom was high on heroin and drunk and methamphetamines all the time. Hard to be a musician when you're like that. Yeah, the the are Keith Richards. Their life, their life uh, was in shambles. So yeah, of course the band broke up. Um, but if I'm supposed to make a Simpsons episode out of that, like I don't want to. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, and if you're going to tell me that, oh, well, then do we're going to do an anthology episode, three separate stories. It's a Valentine's Day theme. So we want romance. We want couples. Well, yeah, yeah, I could come up with a story with that, but it would take me half an hour. And I'll, I don't want to, honestly. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do that free work <laughs> for The Simpsons. Uh, at this point, I don't have a good will for it. I'm tired. I don't want to do that. I just watched. I've watched a bunch of bad episodes in a row. Um, so can I fix it? Yeah. If I go to, the, if you go to the bare basics, if we went down to the bare bones of what this episode is and decided to build it from scratch, yeah, we could fix it. But that's what it would take because I don't really. I'm not really interested in whatever this is. I. Don't, it, ugh. ugh. <laughs> that's what I say. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's really no reason to fix this because they've had Valentine's Day episodes before about love stories, and they've all been better than this. So just get rid of this and go watch one of them. Go watch I'm with Cupid or I Love Lisa or something along those lines. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for Comments and News Group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments and News Group is where I ask our patrons what they thought of an episode. They leave a review uh, on patreon.com slash the Simpsons show. And I read it. Uh, thanks everyone for leaving reviews for reading it. First from Tim, this trilogy feels as if it represented three different eras of Simpsons writers, Bonnie and Clyde by season 19 staff. who thought the Japanese ambassador plotting Pearl Harbor was funny. Shane and the Vamp by season 33 staff. who used modern imagery and then at least a decent plot line to make their offering watchable. And finally, Sid and Nancy has a bit of the golden era feel of it down to little details like Martin being beat up for dancing to the Bay city roller Saturday night. Read a book on the Sex Pistols that very specifically called out the Bay City Rollers as the reason Sid Vicious hated pop. Uh, taking a weighted average of these three, hmm, 370, 220, and 190, we get this coming in at 260. Two side questions. I know that recent episodes have at least a fair number of scenes played to hit songs. Does something happen about the t- this time license-wise? No. I think, honestly, my, hmm. my, I think, I don't, I don't know that, but I, my suspicion is they, they, they use them as shortcuts. They don't want yeah, to, they decided that it's it's easier to establish a scene or a mood with licensed music. Yeah, they're just like, well, we could have uh, Alf Clausen write something for this, but we could, or we could just license a Beatles song or something. Um, not Beatles song, but you know what I mean. Uh, second follow-up question: In terms of determining which episodes can you stopped off about eighty-five weeks ago and haven't picked it up, I missed that. Yes, I'm a nerd and proud of it. Uh, it's no, we're just. We'll do it again today, Tim. We just this episode we're forgetful. <laughs> we're forgetful. This episode is running very long, um, and all, last week Matt didn't have a voice, so I was kind of trying to cut. Robbie cut. was very nice to me. I was trying to cut it to the quick. Um, next from old painty can can only I can't every single week. I would you would think I'd be able to say it eventually. Old painty can Joey Jojo Junior Shabby Snrub tend to enjoy these trilogy episodes because there's a lower bar to clear, less room for the plot to go astray. More leeway for loony gags, given the imaginary stories at hand. This one is threadbare and dull. Bonnie and Clyde segment is broad in its humor and downright bizarre in several places. Lady and the Tramp segment has nothing going for it beyond the cute canine designs. Sex, sex Pistol segment at least has something more to offer. Trans, transposing punk rock and drugs to half pints of candy requires more creativity than the other two half-hearted homages. But this is still a dissipating misfire despite a format that should provide for an easy layup. Amen. From Derek, nothing much, sure to say, nothing much to say, really. I have the same thoughts about these apps every time they cropped up. I don't like them. I don't know who they're for. I don't know why they exist. We'll say this one feels like the most vapid and by the numbers thus far. Very boring. Very forgettable. Are these mandated by the powers that be? Because Futurama's second run had them, and Family Guy does them too. They're always just skippable waste of time. I do think the family... The, I do think the Simpsons turn out the worst of them, though. They, 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 fi- they fulfill contractual obligation, Derek. They they have to make this a number, certain number of episodes in a season, and these are these it's easy one of the easiest ways to do it. That isn't just a clip show, I suppose. Uh, from Sarah, I generally hate the trilogy episodes, and this is no exception. I think there are a couple things I smiled at: the Bonnie and Clyde merch with Ned as the clueless accomplice left on the shelf, and a dig working at for a dig at working for Disney and the Lady and the Tramp parody. Nelson and Lisa Sid and Nancy is so problematic for me; it hurts my soul. Uh, from JJ, my bar for these non Tiaras Fahara trilogy episodes is low. I was still surprised by how laughless this was, even compared to previous ones. Every joke was either lame, lazy, predictable, dumb, or has been done better before. 
most of them barely even pass as jokes. It really doesn't seem like the writers are aiming for a laugh out loud funny anymore, just mildly amusing puns and some tired slapstick with Homer and that's good enough. So episodes can't rely on having an interesting plot, so they're just retellings of classic stories of Simpsons characters. So the humor really needs to carry the episode. This is simply deep weight of comedy. There was some nice animation character redesigns in Acts 2 and 3, but for the most part, a boring filler episode. Uh, from Benjamin. Truly episodes generally have a low bar to get, get, get that theme here, Matt. Truly episodes generally have a low bar to clear, and this one still didn't make it. I didn't enjoy any of these much. They seem to get worse as they went along, too. If I was forced to write the three, I would just keep them in the same order. Low and laughs, not very interesting, and very loose thread tying these together. I'm really rooting for the season to improve, but every week I'm disappointed. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal. I'm also hoping they will improve. Uh, from Lorne, it is a disaster from beginning to end. There were too many inaccuracies regarding Bonnie and Clyde for the story to be enjoyable, plus they were cold-blooded murderers. Second story was trash. The gas chamber scene was horrific. Third act was eye-rolling and anger-inducing due to the poorly veiled drug jokes, plus there was no ending. Overall, it's boring, offensive, and a waste of time to watch. I think my shock value today is at eight. Right? Better, damn it. If only we could if go only, back in time and tell them that. I know. Like, I'm going to write an episode of The Simpsons that's just me traveling back in time to talk to the Simpsons writer's room. Uh, from Melissa, literally so boring. I almost didn't finish this one. Come on, guys. You should be better than this. Generally, what was this? I may have cracked a smile once during this whole thing. Uh, finally, from Casey. Firstly, Matt, I hope you're feeling better. What a trooper you are to still do the podcast last week. I mean, I will never be defeated, not by these horrible episodes nor sickness. Only Robbie can stop me. That's probably true. I'll start with the positives. I have to give a hand to the animators. Each segment feels independent of one another through color and stylization alone. The second segment felt like Disney, and the third fits right into the aesthetic of the Sex Pistols. The second that gives me the most joy is the one that also causes me the most pain, which is our Sid and Nancy parody. I'm a sucker for musical segments. The role assignments work so well, and we get the addition of CBGBs being comic book guy's bar. But to its detriment, but to its detriment, we do have the uncomfortable chocolate drug pastiche. However, I'm going to the left that slide in favor of yelling at something inexcusable. Homer, who is not in this segment, ends the episode addressing the audience, direct, audience directly. It left such a bad taste in my mouth. He should have just said, "Yep, we phoned this one in. See you next week." I feel like Nancy being, I feel like Lisa being Nancy to the writers' room. Just stop talking and bang your head against the wall. Bang harder. Really, truly, promise the next one is better, guys. You deserve it after going through these episodes the past few weeks. Yeah, the next episode is better. I've looked ahead. So. I, it is, Matt, because I've, I've watched it recently. Um, we've watched it recently, actually. And when I tell you the episode, you'll realize what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Oh, Matt's sleepy. See, we're, we're past bed, Matt's mm-hmm. bedtime. Um, we are at 9 o'clock. Oof. My God, he's such a grandpa. Such a grandpa. <laughs> he's not even 40 years old. He's a grandpa. I got up at 5 o'clock this morning, okay? I woke up at 6. Like, what, like, what do you... Yeah, that was seven. That's well, time the the, the time changes don't exist, man. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't live in two different. Uh, no time zones. No uh, time zones. Mm-hmm. We're only on our part. It's exist. fine. Um, next we can move on. Uh, wait, uh, uh, thank you for everyone who left review for watch this terrible, terrible episode. Uh, you guys are all very, very good writers. Uh, I appreciate you. You take the time. You can join a, join the cavalcade of calamity, the parade of pain, by supporting us on Patreon. Next up, Matthew, it is time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your retcon of The Simpsons, your reboot, your soft reboot, whatever you wanted to make it? Uh, I didn't wasn't too strict about judging about what people's answers were um, purpose on purpose. Matt, take it away. 
Alrighty. First up from Mr. Simpson's writer. I already gave you my retcon episode. It's called That 90s Show. It is perfect. Ooh, mm. boy. <laughs> oh, Mr. Simpson's writer. You always make us smile. Uh, from Lauren, I would do it the way we was, but set it in the late 1990s or early 2000s. Homer has frosted tips and Marge listens to sync. They meet in high school during detention for whatever reasons and fall in love. I love this idea, Lauren. I want to see that episode. Uh, all right. Uh, from Tim, I think Golden Era Simpsons had this right. Loser falls in love but has hard time competing with the school nerd. In the end, the nerd is too smart for their own good. Sure, one could update the particulars if this is done on Instagram, but I'm actually okay with this continuing to take place in the 1970s. Fair. Uh, from Derek, I don't think retcons are inherently bad if the show sticks to its roots. I think a big reset would do the show wonders. Oakley and Weinstein modeled their seasons on season three, and that was definitely successful. I said it before, but the show is always a cynical lampoon of 90s Americana, while somewhat paradoxically having lots of heart. Go back to that biting satire again, but now the focus is on this decade, not the 90s. If that means a retcon episode, then so be it. The bad episodes of the show far outnumber the good ones at this point. Retcons ain't going to tarnish the past now. My idea would be to do actually do remakes instead of insisting upon those damn vignette episodes two of them back to back in season 32 really make them three small remakes of classic episodes what issue do those old episodes explore that we could do uh that we can now revisit through a 2022 lens it would be interesting to see how the episode would alter if made all these years later just do something anything because watching season 33 i have no idea what the show is or who it's for anymore it's not bombastic like the teen years. It's not painfully cringe like the 20s, but it's completely devoid of personality, humor, and charm. Reboot it or rest it. Uh, from Matt D. Jacobson, Marge and Homer knew of each other in high school, but didn't really talk. They reconnected via social media, and the rest, as they say, is history. Okay, I, I can do that. Uh, from Matt, yes, it's Aaron. It's an, in a 2012 flashback. Homer thinks the world is going to end because of the My End calendar. <laughs> <coughs> That is good. That is good. The my end calendar. He sells everything and he and Marge move into the miniature golf castle. When the world doesn't end, he tries to get his old job back, but finds out that Burns sold the plan to Krusty, who opens the world's largest clown college because people will need laughter as the world ends. Burn enrolls, Burns enrolls and flunks out and rebuys the property to spite Krusty. Interesting. Okay. I don't know if that counts as a retcon, but I like it. And it's, it's fast and loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's a great episode that I really want to see. Uh, from Matt Wastecast, episode starts as a standard Simpsons story from the lesser years. Nonsense, inciting incidents, etc. Halfway through the episode, just as it looks like a plot is about to happen, albeit something dumb and borderline offensive, a portal opens up. Matt, where'd you go? Just a cough. It's Professor Frink, Moe, and an older Maggie Simpson. They've come because this world is caught in a time loop it has been for 30-odd years. They can fix it, but they need the help of Bart and Lisa. Of course, Mr. Burns is behind this somehow, so he enlists Homer to try and stop them. But he fails to, uh, because Marge convinces him that they need to let this happen. Burns and whoever else he can convince to align with him enter into a big out battle. Uh, the battle is interrupted when Lisa and Bart come up with a clever solution, thus also helping complete their quest. The world disappears for all of a moment, but then the show restarts. Intro is a little different. Everyone has aged at least a little bit. Time has moved forward. Thus, the series is retconned, rebooted to allow the show to do all the new stuff. Not sure if this is fully answered the question, but it was a fun idea to uh, want to toss out there. Robbie, what's your answer? I went with the simplest of ideas. Obviously, we've pitched a lot of different things over the over our time with, uh, with the podcast about how you could refresh the show and if you should age up the characters and all that. And I went with the, the the doing the least to the show, which is what I would consider the most likely thing for the Simpsons writers to do at this point. Uh, they don't seem to want to change things too much. So we read, it's basically not necessarily, not erasing all those old episodes, but like it is season 33. Like what does it matter if they soft reboot the show at this point? And 
Homer and Marge are, are our age. They're elder millennials, technically. You know, they're in their mid to late 30s, early 40s. And Bart and Lisa are what, like Gen Alpha or Gen Beta? I, forget, I don't even know at this point what they're calling that generation. Um, but they would be, if margin, they would be basically what 8 and 10 year old kids are dealing with today. And I would, one, abandon Homer and Marge as high school sweethearts. I think you start with them in college and Mar and like we just we have Marge in college, Homer as a townie in Springfield. Um and maybe he's in college or he's struggling in college and he or he can't pay for it because you know Abe can't afford it and like that is and this is them in the past like you know they'd be in the mid 2000s basically. Um, in college, and I think they fall in love through college with – and and you still can do that Artie Ziff dynamic where Marge falls for someone in, in, in – a student, not a professor. God almighty, I can't believe that they did Ugh, that. not a professor. Ugh. Just another student, like an Artie Ziff type. It could be Artie Ziff. You could even just have Artie Ziff again. Who cares? Um, but she ends up falling with, in love with Homer because – he is uh he has the heart of gold. Just the, the Homer we love. He's still there. Same guy. Um my other updates would be like and you you follow the same path. They're still struggling uh with with life. Here's here's my fundamental changes at, to the show. Marge has a job along with Homer. They both have jobs because that's what life is now. There's very few there's very few people of our age where both people don't work. Um they do exist, but I, it's not very realistic. And I think I always liked the show better when it was relatively low to the ground and try to portray this as a real family, a real working, a middle-class family. So middle-class families, both, both parents work. So Marge has a job too, which gives the writers more stuff to write about because she now has workplace drama that you can delve into in a thousand different ways. Um, they don't own a house. They rent a house or they rent an apartment. So you can have them struggle to make rent. That's another story. Bob's Burgers has done this for years now. Where every, oh, yeah. every once in a while, the episode, the whole, the, the crux of the episode is Bob's Burger. Bob, they need to pay rent for the restaurant. And if you need an episode of the Sims, like, hey, you need an episode. We don't know what to write an episode about. Well, let's start with they need to make rent. So you have a episode about them trying to drum up some money. Um, I mean, to be fair, The Simpsons has episodes where the uh, Homer couldn't make the mortgage payment, and it's basically the same thing. They just stopped doing them for some reason. I mean, that's true, man. But I just, I, I think it's, it makes it more relatable when they don't own a mansion. Like it's like Homer's enemy is in season eight, and the, and and Frank Grimes makes it, it, it's a, a big giant joke about how Frank Grimes is blown away the fact that they own a mansion, and you're like, yeah. Imagine that house, the Simpsons house in 2022, Matt. How much does that house cost? It depends where in America, if they live in, you know, rural Kentucky or a small town Kentucky where, you know, at one point that said they were from or you California, like, Matt. Like that. they live in California. OK, if they live in California, that house costs, you know, almost a million dollars. Or or if you really if you want to go like Matt, Matt Groening is from the Portland area. Also, with that house is a million dollars. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it's oh, not yeah. realistic anymore. So. Like if you want to move the the Simpsons up to change to to slide that time scale up, the struggles are fundamentally different. And you 
you can't parody 90s Americana culture anymore and the history of television anymore without addressing the realities of modern families. So either it's either move the Simpsons up so they are that family that's struggling with all this stuff or our new our new main characters are not the Simpsons anymore. They are the neighbors of the Simpsons who rent the house do the plan like they rent the house next door and they look at the Simpsons and they're like, how do they afford that house? How do they live in a million dollar house? And like all of that stuff. Yeah, how does how does Homer have a job as a nuclear safety inspector with barely a high school education? I would love to tell you because Simpsons could still be major characters. Uh, but then, you know, we would see it from, you know, the perspective of a family who has almost nothing and who is growing up now. Like it would be interesting to have um I think my major recon isn't along the same lines where uh, Marge and Homer are older, uh, Bart and Lisa are teenagers, and we get to see it, like you said, uh, from the touch of, of a, a new na- a neighbor family that uh, basically is in the same situation as Marge and Homer. They just graduated high school. Uh, you know, they both have to work. They're scrounging by. They're renting. And it, it shows how much more difficult it is for them than it was for Homer and Marge when they were uh, that age. Mm-hmm. I just don't expect any of that to happen. I don't. No, I don't. Of I not. don't think they will ever muss with the fundamentals of the Simpsons at this point. I don't see it ever happening. The only way I could ever see it happening is if the show ended, there was a break, and they restarted the show, and it would be then with that reboot. With that would be officially give them like, oh, a clean break. Now we're gonna have Bart and Lisa as adults. Which is like here. That is my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call my shot right now, Matt. We're gonna get to season forty, and The Simpsons will stop, and then they will restart. Maybe not called The Simpsons. Might be called something very adjacent. The Thompsons. It won't be called The Thompsons, but it will be something oh. very adjacent to The Simpsons, and Bart and Lisa will be our main characters as adults. I think that will happen. I, I'm I'm a, I, I like the, I like the round number of season forty, um, or here's my other alternative, my other prediction: The Simpsons never stops, but alongside it, they launch a spinoff that is Bart and Lisa as adults, time shifted to the present day. Because I mean that would be nice, but I, I don't know if I see that happening. It makes Disney more money. Why wouldn't they do it? Do you think people would follow to the new show? I'd watch it. Matt, I I, will, I want to repeat this. I, I don't know if any of our people listening. I don't know how many of them subscribe to Disney Plus. The Simpsons was the number one watched show on Disney Plus in the year twenty twenty one. The Simpsons. Wow, really? Yes, I, I've okay. I've told I've told you this. Yes, The Simpsons was the I'm number sure have, one but... watched show last year. Okay, why? And like, if there's anything Disney does, it is spin things off and make multiple. How like did we need a Toy Story four? Do we need a Buzz Lightyear show movie about the actual Buzz Ooh, Lightyear? Definitely not. I mean, I love Chris Evans, but and that trailer made it look kind of. I mean, it just looks a science fiction movie. Yeah. Honestly, it's just but it just happens to star Buzz Lightyear, or whatever. Uh, but they do that. I fully believe that they would launch a Simpsons. I mean, they were gonna Fox was gonna do it in the nineties, and it just never happened. Um. But I, you could completely easily do it. You could make two or three Simpsons related shows, like they, that was what they were gonna do back then. Like, how many Star Trek shows are there for that CBS has? All right, there's like six of them now. You don't think there couldn't be the regular Simpsons plus a Bart and Lisa as adults show plus just a, ta- a an episode that it revolves around Springfield and the supporting characters? 
You couldn't do a show that's just crusty, like the crusty show where we follow, like it's a BoJack Horseman style show with crusty. Oh man, that'd be good. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I guarantee you people have pitched this and they're they're thinking about it. They're looking at those numbers. I mean, now Netflix is uh, faltering for the first time. Disney, Disney's like, now it's time to go in for the kill. Let's make more shows. Um, I don't know. It's all out there. Um, thank you everyone for answering our next week's question. What was your favorite? What is your favorite romantic comedy? Ideally, that this that's what this episode would be, <laughs> but it's not. But I just that, I just use this I use it uh, as an as inspiration. Post this question on social media, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail dot com, uh, and it's on our Patreon, which is again Patreon dot com slash The Simpsons Show. What is your favorite romantic comedy? And I again play fast and loose with what you consider a romantic comedy. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard and try and stump the other. Matt has regained a quite a, a quite large lead over me. Four points. No, seven points. Six, nine, seven points. Math. I did it. Seven point lead. That's not very good. I need to I need to cut that back down to size. Uh, I don't think it's gonna work though. Matt, you ready for an easy question? I am ready. Which celebrity stops in Springfield in I'm with Cupid? <sighs> Elton John. That is correct. You're so smart. No, 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 no. Hey Robbie, what famous singer does Homer kidnap in I'm with Cupid? <laughs> it's Elton John. <laughs> You are correct. We did it again. I mean, it's not that crazy. All right, Matt. Your medium question. A poo buys a bird that sings what song to Manjula in I'm with Cupid? <laughs> I love the nightlife. That is correct. Uh, Robbie, what is 1130 p.m. the peak hour for, according to Apu? Oh, uh, uh, stone teenagers uh, staring or buying things or staring at things or wasting money. Something along those lines. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You are correct. Stone teeners buying shiny things. Buying shiny things. I know. I uh, (sighs) I believe it is Jimbo is staring at aluminum foil. All right, Mm -hmm. Matt. Your hard question. What poem does a poo put in the classifieds for Manjula? I need the full poem, please. Oh, the full poem. Um, Oh, God. Uh, See? (sighs) Got you. Uh, You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, The poo. Um... I have no idea. Uh, I'll, I'll give you something for seven love-filled days. I know the end. That's all I know. Yeah, that's, it's, it is my darling bride, Manjula. I hereby mend my ways. I'll shower you with Valentine's for seven love-filled days. So, close but no All right, all right, all right. <sighs> Your hard question. Mm-hmm. What do the guys dub Sir Elton John uh, in an attempt to get him to not do whatever he was supposed to do in Springfield? Oh, let's, let's see. I, it, they give him like a, it's like a a, 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 knight, a knighthood or a, like there's some sort of no, nobility. They they give him a title. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'll say I know I looked at it today when I was looking at my questions, but I don't remember it. So I'll say, uh, Lord of the holiday Inn. Ooh, I'm sorry. It is a night of the grand concourse. Okay. So it's the airport joke. Got it. Yeah. Airport joke. Yeah. Matt, that joke, uh-huh. that one joke night of the grand concourse is better than 
any joke in this entire episode. <laughs> oh, for sure. And for that's sure. barely a joke. Like that is just that is like that is the simplest of construction of a joke, and it is by far more clever and interesting than any written joke in Love Springfieldian style. Uh, well, Matt and I both got three points today. We're dead even still. Uh, well, we're not dead even, but we're dead even today. But Matt's still seven points ahead. This, this it's the same pace, which is not good. I needed to be smarter. I love the nightlife. I love the boogie. All right, Matt. <laughs> I hate that song. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. This segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever. It's the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. So we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. I think the real question, Robbie, is, is this better or worse than that 90s show? Oh, it's... Oof. Oh. Because, uh, yeah, your instinct is to say better. I think but it, is it? I think it's better. I think it is better. Yes. I do think yeah, it's better. I, 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 I was actually looking a little higher than that. Um, above it is E Pluribus Wiggum. I think it's better than that. I'm looking around Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore and the Homer of Seville somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. No, I I think I would put it below. I don't know. Like, it's better than that. That 90 show is that much better. Um, e Pluribus Wiggum. Like, it's it's right. It's close to E Pluribus Wiggum. Um, like there's less it it has to it needs to do less in this because it's an anthology you know like it's a trilogy episode so there's no you they don't technically have to write a cohesive a story because there's three little individual stories they just have to connect them somehow but they don't do that Which at they all <laughs> they don't do that at all um i i would probably i think this is better than e pluribus wiggum i think you're right about that Mm-hmm. Kill Gill Volumes One and Two, the Grumple Gill. Yeah, like what? What is the point of Kill Gill Volumes One and Two? I I don't understand. I mean, what's the point? I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, it's to fill to fulfill a contractual obligation. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I think. I think Gill. I think Kill Gill is better. I think. Just barely. I mean, I'm fine with that because I I was looking like right above that. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm just debating like kill guilt. I think I think this is worse than kiss kiss back. I mean, well, hmm, hmm. I'm this is see this is tough territory, man. It I, is. It is. I think Homer Seville is better for sure. It at least has a plot. Kiss kiss back. Mangler has a plot. It's just racist, but this is also racist. Um, mm-hmm. I would put this. Just above kiss, kiss, bang, 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 kiss, kiss, bang, bang, or I think, I think I would put it right in between those, those two. Okay. I think that's where this goes. Cause it's, I don't know, it's still bad, but I don't know. It's hard. Indeed to, it is. It's hard to judge how, like when you're down here in the drags, it's really difficult to like, it's, it's easier to say, Oh, I like that one more. But when it's down here, like all this is pain. Like, I don't like any of this really. If I had my druthers, I'd never watch any of them ever again. <sighs> but that's a new number, uh, 360 for Love Springfieldian style, right below the Homer of Seville, right above Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bangalore. Last place, still Codependence Day. In number 389, number one is still Homer's Enemy. Uh, before we wrap everything up, Matt, we have one more question to answer. That question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! 
The cannon. The cannon. I mean, it, it's barely in canon as is, since it's just three random stories. So, I mean, I've been gathering gunpowder all episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's nothing like they're like they're, the the things I could th- think of are like, oh well, the Sex Pistols designs are interesting, the dogs are interesting, but who cares, really? Who cares? Like, there's nothing lost mm-hmm. of this. Fire the cannon. Goodbye. Forever love Springfieldian style. You're terrible. Never talk to you again. Um, we can. I said we we're going to do it. We're doing it. Um, uh, look to the top. Of, go back to the top of the list or work our way down as we're deciding everything else. The episodes you haven't used the cannon for or against yet. Uh, we are number 86, which is the wizard of Evergreen Terrace season 10 episode. Wow. That's a very high for a season 10 episode. It's one of the. There's not a lot of season 10 episodes. That's the only season 10 episode. I, uh, there's only two least season 10 episodes, I believe, in note three. Excuse me. There's three season 10 episodes in the top 100. Um, there's Wizard of Evergreen Terrace, uh, Lisa Gets an A, and Bart the Mother. Those are the three. Um, so they still had it a little bit. <laughs> they, a little bit. Um, I, I, Wizard of Evergreen Terrace is good. I think it's a good episode. Uh, I, I think it's funny. It has a lot of, uh, it is, it is, I, I think the the wizard of evergreen terrace, I think is one of the utmost examples of what the good of the Scully years can be, which is like fun insanity, fun craziness, Mm -hmm. like Homer pretending, wanting to be Thomas Edison, inventing a lot of crazy things like a makeup shotgun, like that, that, that's fun craziness and it doesn't it has an ending and, and it has structure and it it makes it shines for those reasons so yeah i it's part of the canon it's good absolutely it's a good episode um so yeah wizard of green terrace yes it's part of the canon we'll try and get back to these uh hopefully our episodes aren't super long but once i hit two hours of recording time guys i'm like we need to cut some stuff i don't want to bore anyone it's a very long episode um you can find this list at our website, thesimmonsshow.com. has links to everything, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, and a link to our Patreon. Again, I'll say it one more time if you want to help support the show. No better place to do it than on Patreon. You get a bunch of bonus stuff alongside it. Um, really appreciate all our patrons there, uh, the best people on Earth. I say that without irony. Um, our next episode, Matt, I've been saving it. A little teaser earlier on um, is a good episode of The Simpsons. How good? Well, the side, it is The Debarted. We have gotten to. Oh uh, yeah, I remember this being a good episode. Uh, we we okay, we, okay. we we did a, a the departed and a departed Simpsons Cinema bonus episode uh, for our Patreon at some point, and I liked the Debar- the departed. The departed is a is a good episode. I I remember that. We'll see how good it is and how mo- how good I if it lives up to my memory of it, which is not that long ago, probably last year or two years ago. Uh, we watched it, but. I know that it is better than this episode because well, that, it would it would that really goes without saying. Yeah, it would struggle to be worse. Um, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say that that will do it for us. I am Robbie. Uh, you can find me no, online. I'm Matt. Uh, wait, no. I was going. I'm my doing bad. my plugs. My I'm doing my plugs, Matt. I'm sorry. I start. I I I started my plugs the same way I start the outro. But I'm Robbie Dorman. How about that? I'll make it more clear. I'm Robbie Dorman. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. On Twitter, and my website is RobbieDorman.com, 
which includes links to purchase all my horror novels, and including my newest novel, my 10th novel, not a horror novel at all. It's a Western, post-apocalyptic Western called Burial, uh, about a aging lady gunslinger getting revenge on the man who wronged her by burying him in the deepest, darkest hell, ensuring... He, no, deepest, dark... No. <sighs> Losing my perspicacity here. Bury him in a radioactive hellscape, ensuring he is sent to the deepest, darkest hell. Uh, it's a great book. It's my best. You should go read it. You should give it a chance. I'd really appreciate it if you did. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. I spend all of my time as a support character taking care of kittens, who are the most adorable things on Earth. And if you'd like to see said kittens in their mostly clean state, uh, thanks to my wife giving them constant baths, uh, you can check out Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram, and you can see them in their mostly clean state, although there are a couple of videos of them in their befleed state, which is like unpleasant thing to watch but it's necessary if you don't understand how bad some poor little kittens happen but check them out they're incredibly cute and they will make your day better did someone give you a little bit of a talking to matt about how much credit you're you think you're getting when you plug uh, apparently the... <laughs> i didn't think i was taking all the credit for this but apparently the fact that i'm constantly taking care of them uh made it seem like i'm the only one but no these there are 11 kittens in this house and they take a a very large staff of people all of their time to take care of them very large staff of matt and his wife well yeah i mean that's that's a lot you know um sure sure it's too many for you too i would agree um well, you're the um, you're the maniacs who, who chose to do it um that'll do it for us that will that will do it for us today i'm robbie and I'm Matt. Thank you for watching this episode. Shh.